how's it going? Good, brother. How are you? I'm doing well. Okay, folks. Well, welcome to our second show of Let's Talk Sports with your personality, the or your host, the personality, and the specimen. Sorry, I fucked that up this morning already. You're so good. You're good. We're going to jump into this. Uh, so on today's show, um, we're going to get going on March Madness. So um, with everything happening in March Madness right now, uh, there's some crazy shit going on. So I don't know if most of you viewers know, but uh, this year there's a lot of big teams that aren't in it due to COVID. So Duke's not in it. Kentucky wasn't in it. Um, it's really starting to affect uh, TV views. Uh, for one, and it really has the future of the NCAA kind of at a standstill right now in the sense that, like, okay, with these big teams out, um, are kids going to come, like, generally kids come straight out of uh, high school, they go to the uh, college, and then after college they get drafted into the NBA. A lot of kids are opting out now not going to college, going straight to the NBA, which is dumb because if you don't make it, you don't have a degree to fall back on. And two, is that going to cancel all these colleges? Like you got Duke, you got Michigan, you got teams that really rely on their sports programs. By kids opting out now, are you going to have situations where these colleges can't afford to continue on down the road? What's your... Uh, I I think that it's kind of a crazy world we live in right now, especially with some of these teams, like you said, going out. It also created such a going into the like March Madness, a lot of upsets. Like I picked one because I hate Ohio State. I picked <laughs> them out first round. I was like, get those fuckers out. And they were out. But I screwed up on other picks because there was so much other shit going on, so I made no money. Like basically some of these teams, like you said, I look at a school like I think the biggest one that would get affected by this, honestly, is the ones that don't have those football programs. Like I think the football programs will keep them going. But you look at like Creighton, Gonzaga, Drake, some of these Winthrop, like there's so many small ones. And even the big right now, Lowell, Chicago, like the one that's been upsetting and making noise if anybody's been following is old sister Jean's back and she's willing him with God to beat everybody right now. And it's like if you get – if those type of schools start getting the opt-outs, I think that's the scariest is the bigger schools. It'll affect their basketball programs for sure. But I look at like even Georgetown, any of those schools, when you look through the list that don't have that football program, that's even good. I look at Georgia tech. They haven't had a good football program in years, but they do have a decent basketball program. And then you look at some of these other ones like Alabama. Can Alabama survive with this change? Sure, it can because of football. But I really do think it's going to change the outlook of basketball, and it could change this bracket going forward. And that's that's what I'm thinking. Like, it's going to change the bracket 100%. But with the NFL getting that huge TV deal, it kind of puts the player's mind at ease. There's money there. In basketball, there's money there, but I feel like only the top 10% ever get paid. You know what I mean? So, in NCAA here, like, this year is really flooring me. You got teams like, uh, like you said, Creighton. Like, I I didn't pick Creighton to do anything. 
but uh, they're making moves. And then you got teams like, uh, oh, where was it? Oral Roberts. Yeah. Like, they just, they walked over uh, Ohio State. Well, not walked over. They beat them by a three. And then um, they beat Florida the other night. Yeah. Which is seven seed. I could not believe that by another four points. Yeah. Like, there's a couple a couple crazy ones this year. Um, those Badgers are a team to look out for. I, I, I really wish I would have picked them higher. But this year in trying to pick um, who is going to come out of these uh, brackets was really difficult because you don't have powerhouses like you've seen in the past in here due to COVID protocol, this and that. So it's really interesting that you got like some of these, I'm not going to say underachieving teams, but some of these smaller schools uh, coming in here and really putting up numbers, which is like, it's good to see. It's good competition. And it's always good to root for the underdog. But at the end of the day, are is this really going to be the end of college basketball if uh, if players don't start coming into uh, NCAA and playing and going directly into the NBA? And I think it because- does. It brings the talent down. But I think the tournament will always survive. But I think that the one that I pointed out to me right at the beginning is when you brought this topic up to me was the Oregon-Iowa game is – Oregon didn't have to play in the first round because VCU had that COVID. So the first round, there's a walk there. Oregon doesn't play. They have fresh legs. They yep. come into the second one, and it was pretty rev- – like you could see right away, Oregon puts up 15 on Iowa, and it's like, okay, Iowa's gone. This was a team that I had picked going to the Elite Eight, and it's out because really maybe Oregon beats them even if they played that first game. But if you don't – basketball's all about your legs and – getting in a rhythm and stuff. And some people thought, oh, they'd be cold. But, no, they're still shooting. And I know it's not a game, but they were fresh and they destroyed them. And I think if it continues the road it's going, like you said, is you'll have those, like, asterisks next to champions. Well, and, like, the bad thing is, is, like, okay, I, I strongly agree with college is – I don't have a college education, but if you're going to be an athlete and you're going to play, play at that level – I truly believe you need to go to college. You need to get an education. You need to learn how to deal with the money that's going to come down the road. Otherwise, you're going to end up like West that used to play with um, Dallas. You could end up as like a crackhead with nothing because you're you're a young kid coming fresh out of high school. You go to the NBA, you get a bag. Nobody's taught you. How, and like most of these kids, let's be real, are not coming from money. So okay, yeah, you get a bag, and then nobody teaches you finances, nobody teaches you shit, so, okay, what what happens after? So, I feel like it's the league's job, like the NBA, to assure that these players at least have some structure in life, and, you know, they're going to have a security blanket down the road, essentially, because, you know, I feel like the NBA is like, we just need to get these players into the league. We need to be making money off them. And that's what they're doing. They're basically extorting these young players for their talent. And they're they're taking them out of high school, but they're leaving these kids with no education, no backup plan in case the big dance doesn't uh, pay off. And in my opinion, it's it's a total crock of shit. And they're going to get, they're going to destroy a good thing in the NCAA. Yeah. 
I see. And I think that's why that college like basketball and football game was canceled was because they were making too much money off of it. Right. The yeah, kids exactly. weren't seeing anything. And that's, and that's like a shame. It's like, who is anybody to tell a kid that they can't take an incentive coming straight out of high school if they're not going to college, you know, yeah. like who is it? The NBA's, um, spot to say no you cannot take this back like okay i get leagues have rules and stuff like that to keep things fair but like you gotta think of it sometimes like what if we lived in a world where these teams could literally go after who they wanted based on their pockets like (laughs) (laughs) i'd be okay to watch that oh yeah why not (laughs) let them get paid let the yeah I think that the world's changing. You might start seeing some of this stuff happen, actually. I think that a lot of the basketball, like March Madness, is I always remembered it as just the best teams, right? And now we're not getting that. So it could change, especially maybe if it happens, I would say this year's kind of they just wanted to get the tournament going. And yeah. then there's been some kids, once this outbreak type thing ends in a while, maybe next year, you're going to see a good March Madness again. But like you said, I think down the road, we might not get those top end athletes. They might just be doing the straight to the NBA or the one year thing where they go and play professionally somewhere else. And then do, I think it's going to change the outlook for sure. Well, and it like really bothers me. Like Duke's all-star this year, um, opts out of not playing. Okay. How are you opting out of not playing for your team? When you literally, the only reason you're there is you're there on a basketball scholarship to play, to play. <laughs> so if you're not playing, I don't even know what Duke's discussion was. I would have just sent him his ass back home. Well, and then how, how are you going to get drafted then? You're, you're sitting at home. You, you, you don't even go to a, a college. It's like college football. It happens all the time. These teams, these guys get recruited there. I remember a few years ago, Michigan played Florida, and it was like that. All the team, the whole team freaking opts out of the bowl game. <laughs> like what? <laughs> and you're like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, going into March Madness. And I don't, did he know when he was opting out that they were uh, like kicked out of March Madness? Or did he already opt out before that? Before. <laughs> It's like, what are you doing? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, in, in a situation like that, it's, I, I would literally just be like, I am pulling your scholarship and you're going home. Good luck getting drafted. Bye. See you, bud. <laughs> Take like, that in, cold walk home. Like, I, I feel like they got to start doing that in like the football side because it's getting ridiculous. Oh, it's yeah. stupid. It's absolutely stupid. That's it's a like good bridge, though. Into the next topic is should college football have this? where you, instead of just having top four teams and every year people are arguing about who these top four are, should there be eight or 16? And I I love March Madness, right? Like I love, love March Madness and I love seeing the huge tournament and all that, but I don't think football can do the same just because you can't have 64 teams. This would take forever to get done for one thing. The other cool thing with March Madness is you have all these games all day, right? Like you have basketball where with the football, it'd be kind of cool to see, yeah, like a 16 type thing with those top divisions, your power five, all five of them have winners. And I think the way they get to 16 would be eight first. And we see if eight, eight might even be like an elite eight where you have a power five conference, every power five gets a 
team in there and then you have three wild cards and what that would mean is the smaller divisions if you have one of those teams that goes on a run has one loss or is undefeated they would get in or if there's two or three sec could have a few teams in it i think that's kind of the way is from four to eight naturally you can't jump right to 16 maybe we see if the eight works if we don't like that to 16 but clearly march madness was on to something it's the biggest like few weeks really of gambling in the entire United States. I think it's two weeks, the whole tournament and we get it done and it's fun. It happens all day. And I think that's where the future of college football should be. What do you think? I, I totally agree with you. And actually I think that the, I think that the NCAA could actually get away with doing a 16 person tournament. The only way to get away with it though, is to have two games a week. They would have to have two games a week, double down. But if you think about it, the TV uh, like viewings and stuff like that that they get, the money that they would make would be ass over tea kettle. It would literally be it would surmount um, or surpass rather March Madness. Like it, 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 the numbers would be insane because if you look at the football numbers compared to the basketball numbers this year, they're way higher, way higher, way higher than yeah. Oh, for sure. Like I, it's not even close. Well, and I think that. That's the future of it for sure. I think that what they would have to do just with football being such a crazy, like contact sport is they'd almost have to do December, right? Like you have your, yeah. they each play for their conference. You have the big 10, the sec, all of that. And once that's over, then you would go into, I would look at maybe eight where they have those eight teams playoff or if it's 16, you would have to do one a week and you'd have to start in December and then take a break around Christmas, new year's and then have, your championship beginning of the year type thing. Cause I think that's where the future of it really is, is they need to expand it just cause four isn't enough. Every year we have a question. Like there's always a team that this year was a joke too, because we had a lot of, we had a lot of just questions all year with what was going on in the world, but there's been much better years where there's closer teams in there. I remember a few years ago, UCF central Florida, they played in the AAC and they had an undefeated season. They gave LSU a run down, like gave them a game, and then they didn't even get to play. And I, I, I'd like to see a team like that in there. A few years ago, back when we were like in high school, Boise State, they need they yeah. need to expand it. And if it's eight or 16 is better than four, I do like 16 as a long run. I just don't see how they can turn 16 in – right away like i almost think that they're gonna have to turn this into a little switch up see what they've done with march madness the only difference is they do need a week in between i can't see i can't see football like you look at the nfl guys they with an extra game they've been talking 16 to 17 the fight that happened and now we have the tv deal that we touched on last episode but i think that it's got to be eight first then 16 just it's too big of an expansion and with power five who's the other 11 teams that you would put in well, and that's a good point, too, because, like, the way it sits right now, I do not like how they pick the final, like, the final four teams. I, I absolutely hate it. Votes, like, yeah. It's, yeah. And anytime you get a vote, you, you open up the door for controversy. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It, 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 it should be based on record, uh, but with only four teams, it's impossible to do that. That's why I do like it. Like, yeah, if you open it to eight, then... Uh, you're taking a lot of the stress off and then and that's the drop off right if you look at like last year's records you have alabama 13 and 0 
You have Clemson 10 and 2. Ohio State yeah. 7 1. Notre Dame 10 and 2. Now, here's the funniest thing that people always argue is they look at strength of schedule, like you said, they vote. They vote on this for anybody who doesn't know. That's how it, they get these teams in here. Then I look down, Texas AM 9 and 1. You have Oklahoma 9 and 2. Florida at 7 is 8 and 4, but they lost a bunch of games right in the SEC. Cincinnati 9 and 1. So, like, really, I, and Georgia 8 and 2. So, the way it would go would be. Well, Alabama is your SEC champ. Clemson's your ACC. <coughs> Excuse me. Ohio State, Big Ten. And then I would go Oklahoma, your Big 12. And then the pack. This is the craziest thing. Where's the pack? And anybody who watches this, this is where the eight, probably Florida would get bumped out. I would, and I'm a Gators fan. Cincinnati had one loss, right? The strength of schedule and all that, people would argue. But then we look down. And then the people who have argued for years about this pack, they think the Pac-10 and is such a strong division. Throw USC in there and see what happens. It would be real fun to see them get the shit kicked out of them because there's a <laughs> like honestly the pack is weak and it is. Hundred percent. You want to see I've... the top teams play and these? I know these West Coast people sometimes yap about oh the pack. You put them in versus the big, the SEC, the Big Ten, and even Clemson. I'm not a huge. ACC fan, I think it's been a very top-heavy division. This year, Notre Dame going into it strengthened it. But usually when you look at it, Clemson's walking away. They may get one loss or they go undefeated. This year, not so much. That Notre Dame game. But then the argument during the season, and this is where I like the eight, right, is Trevor Lawrence didn't play in the game they lost in the season to Notre Dame. Now, that's how crazy it is in football compared to basketball, how you were saying, is they have the 64, how many teams make it. In football, one or two losses pushes you out. And that's, I think, where when you touched on it, that the TV deal is going to get huge, huge, and people love watching football because football is the best sport, no matter what. Best fantasy sport. Best book, like sport to watch because in college football, one game gets you out, basically. And a lot of these times, like Clemson was lucky that Notre Dame stayed good all year because if Notre Dame would have lost, they then that loss would have pushed them down, I believe. And see, that's, that's a good point there that you just made. One game potentially puts you out. And that's why I don't like the current situation of uh, the football side of uh, college things. Because if one game pushes you out and you look at scheduling and that's how you get judged and shit like that, what if, what if two of your games weren't supposed to be close ones and ends up being dogfights because you can't predict what's going to happen? And you end up walking out of it, but, you know, you didn't bully them like you were supposed to, so you don't get the vote. To me, that's bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? Just because you get in a dogfight, oh, your schedule um, was easier. You should have walked through them. You're not getting the vote. Right. Like, you're, you're penalizing kids for not blowing the doors open. Like, there's going to be dogfights in football, folks. Like, you know, and, and to me, that's that's a bunch of bullshit. It's like, we need to figure out a better way of doing this. Um, I feel like the voting situation worked when it was just the good old boys back together. And, you know, okay, I, I got the biggest wallet. My vote counts a little more. This Like, I feel like that's how it truly started. And uh, in today's day and age, we need to get the hell away from this. Oh. Couldn't agree more. Like, and I think, I think your argument earlier, like to fight my own argument where I said eight is you look at college football, anybody who's not familiar, you have the AAC. 
So stick with me while I explain this. AAC is American Athletic Conference. It's a weaker conference, okay? So you take the winner. That would be one. Then you have the ACC, which is considered a power five. So the power five, I'm going to just go really quick through this, is ACC, Big 12, Big 10, Pac-10, and SEC. So with that, you would have five. Follow me here. We already said the AAC is not. So that's six, right? So we have six teams. Then I go to Conference USA. There's you we have right there would be seven teams. Now I'm skipping one thing and I'm gonna come back to that. Then we have the MAP conference. So that's eight teams. Then we have the Mountain West Conference, that'd be nine. And then the right at the bottom, Sunbelt ten. So to argue my point from before, the way we get to what the person like the personality wanted to talk about is he wants 16. You would have to take one of all of these, they would have to get in. The argument is if one of these divisions sucks really badly, you're going to have a shitty team in there. But then we don't have this argument anymore about, oh, this team didn't get in because they're a weaker division. You have that power five, and I would, if I was voting, give them the slant over these guys. Like these guys, that those other divisions would not be rated as high in my book, even if they had two losses. Like I'd be giving them the heads up. Now, the only thing about college football for people who don't understand, and then we'll move on to the next topic, is – they allow this independent bullshit. And yep. what really annoys me is, and for all those uh, Notre Dame fans out there, is they've hidden this. So what Notre Dame has done for anybody who's not familiar with college football, there are five independent teams, six when Notre Dame's in here. Notre Dame makes their own schedule. So they pick when they want to play people and where they play people. So here's the thing. They don't want to play Ohio State, and they don't want to play Michigan in uh, Notre in uh, the big house. So they'll play those teams in their stadium because they can work their contract. This bullshit has to end. And that's what Nathan was saying earlier about how like, Oh, we're, we're they get to slant and pick these votes. Notre Dame either can stay in a conference. And I love it because this team is from South Bend, Indiana, and they picked the ACC because they didn't want to play any big 10 schools. That should be for anybody who cheers for this team, a big red flag. You're hiding. You belong. You're in Big Ten country here, and you're going to go play in a division that you have no business playing in. But you go down there because it's Clemson. And the rest of these five teams, BYU used to be in a division. They should get back. Army, New Mexico, UMass, Liberty. Why I would make these teams get into a division and to end this is they're not eligible to get voted in to the college football playoffs unless they're in a division, even as wild cards. What do you think? I think that's so wild. It's, it's just, it's bullshit actually, because you, and that's what it comes down to. These big schools that have the most money are pretty much running the league. What's good for the goose should be good for the gander. In my opinion, we got to level the playing field. All these kids are going to school, getting the education. They're all getting the same education. Why aren't they playing the same game? You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's not fair. No, it is. not at all. It's just not it's not fair at all. And I think Notre Dame has exploited this tactic for years. And when people watch them, and any fan of them out there, you know what? At the end of the day, you've seen how they've done in the college football playoffs. You get there every few years or every year or whatever the hell, however often. I would have to look it up right now. But I watched them get the shit beat out of them. And you're one of the four teams. So really, the playoffs <laughs> is three teams because we have a team that hasn't played anybody or they won't go... And for other, and I'm going to wrap this up real quickly. For people who do not watch college football, 
this is how it works. And it's the simplest way to understand a schedule. If Michigan, my team, plays Ohio State in Ohio State, and we never beat this team because those fuckers just kicked the shit out of us for 20 years. We <laughs> This year, we go play them in Ohio State. Next year, Ohio State comes to the big house. That's just how it works. Notre Dame has exploited the shit out of this and won't do it. Yep. They, they pick, oh, and then they'll go and play USC. And what I said earlier for all the PAC fans, there sh- that should be a red flag when Notre Dame every year wants to go play the PAC schools at home. <laughs> that tells you how easy your division is. They want to go there, go see the California women, and go on a freaking coastal trip. Go check out Cali. Why not? Because it's going to be a win. These teams can't compete with them. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a joke. This team should be put in a conference, and they should be playing teams rather than playing – Shitty teams that they get to pick. I'm sick of watching them. And, and just to wrap that up, too, it's like it, it really fucks up the NFL, too, because, okay, you're watching you're watching these kids play against, like, I, I don't want to be mean to the, to the players, but, like, half the amount of talent, you know what I mean? Oh. So come draft time, they look really good, but when they're starting to play against growing men, you end up with, similar situations to like teams picking up Travinsky's instead of Mahomes. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And that's just shit. Or <laughs> Brady Quinn, Notre Dame. Everybody thought this guy was going to be amazing. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah. No, it's didn't, like, didn't work out. Right. Like that's it's, and, and that's the thing. It's like guy or teams like uh, Notre Dame. Why, why do they not have guys coming out of the draft going one, two, three, and four, if they're that good? Because they're not, and the scouts are truly starting to see it. Yeah, that's just it. But that's a great, like, that's a great wrap up. I think we're going to touch on that subject again sometime. Yes, now I agree. Our, now I'm going to get right into our sponsor, and our sponsor today's is Fit Code Conditioning. So Fit Code Conditioning has an online application. It the program is built to what you have at home. So if you don't have any equipment, it's going to be body weight exercises. If you can go to a gym and you're allowed right now in your province or state, well, then you can. And the program will be built to that. It includes cardio, strength training, and it pairs with many apps, My Fitness Pal, and, of course, Apple Watch. There is a nutrition side of this, too. So the basic program is $50 a month plus GST with the uh, nutrition side added is just an extra 25. So that would be 75. If you are interested, follow the link in the description. Sounds good. Thanks for our sponsor today. And uh, the last topic of the day is uh, it's definitely a heated one. Um, and it's a passionate one on both of ours, the CFL uh, XFL merger. Uh, I'm going to let you start this one off. Okay. So, For anybody who's, well, all Canadians, and I think Americans, from what I have heard a few times when I've traveled down there, the CFL has built somewhat of a, in some some states, it depends on the state. So the CFL last year didn't get to play. And for any American viewers who doesn't follow Canadian politics, where why we're in this position right now, and the position being the CFL-XFL merger, is because they wanted a bailout, kind of. They wanted a $20 million bailout. They did not get it, the CFL. The CFL is in deep trouble. There are, the problem has always been in the CFL compared to the NFL is, other than Green Bay, I would say, in the NFL. Green Bay is like our Saskatoon, Regina. 
fan base is <laughs> like Fox. the biggest supporters of the CFL. The nine teams are three smaller cities. We have Regina, Regina not being a big one, like not a huge populated. We have Calgary and Edmonton. Those are the three that have kept this league together compared to other leagues where you look at baseball, NFL, all the other sports. But the big cities in Canada, our problem is Toronto gets 14,000 people to a game, which is an actual embarrassment. They do not support the Argos at all. And then you have the Alouettes, Montreal, a huge city. So I'm talking one, two here, big, big cities. There's no support there. They actually had to move to a college football stadium to make this feel fun and for people and because it's a smaller stadium. And then you have Vancouver. And Vancouver has never supported the BC Lions. They have used any tactic on television to show that they have fans when they don't. They have, I went to a game, I've actually been to a game in Montreal and Vancouver, so I'm not just talking about somebody who's opinionated and I watch from TV, is the top end of the stadium in Vancouver is all tarped off. So it visually looks to you like the stadium is populated. It is not. This is where we're at right now with the CFL, is you have three of the biggest cities. They haven't done shit for the league in years. To be honest with you, the other those three smaller have been keeping them afloat. And now, interestingly enough, you have Winnipeg coming in, and they have a good fan base too. And they've kind of built on it. They got their new stadium, Hamilton, similar. So I'm talking about five cities that are smaller that have really good fan bases. With For people who have watched the CFL for years, though, the two flagships have been the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Edmonton, well, now football club, but old Eskimos. Those were the two. Those games used to get in Edmonton at any given time, 60,000. They were bigger than the Edmonton-Calgary rivalry. Sure, it's an Alberta battle, but I remember going to games. I've been going since I was one years old here in Edmonton. That People from Saskatchewan are equal to the Green Bay people. These people travel. They come out. They used to do Christmas shopping when they'd come out. It was like they took over. And in local sports shops here in Alberta, it goes Edmonton stuff and Regina are almost on par at times. See, and uh, I, I feel I feel that you're you're heading the right direction here. Like um, teams like I'm from Saskatchewan, so you look at Saskatchewan. Um, I feel like we have the most loyal fans, and it, it might be a biased thing to say, but uh, if you look at how our fans travel, it is it's next level. Like if you look at uh, Toronto, Ottawa. Montreal. Anytime the riders are playing those teams and we're away, there's there's a hell of a lot of rider fans in the stands. And for example, like uh, if you fly direct out of Saskatoon to um, Mexico in the summertime, when you get to the airport or the wintertime rather, when you get to the airport, they're selling they're selling Saskatchewan Rough Rider merch in Mexico. It's like, what is going on here? And, like, the CFL, I know, is trying to branch out in a lot of places. But, like you said, our top three teams in the CFL right now come from smaller markets. Okay? So, smaller markets that are just closer-knit communities. But now to our topic, the CFL-XFL merger, I don't see that being a good decision down the road. Just for the simple fact that if you look at the XFL's markets – the, the smallest market in the XFL literally shits all over 
our biggest market in the CFL, which arguably the biggest market would be like one of the Alberta teams or the Saskatchewan team. So how do you take a league that's having um, trouble putting fans in the stands and stuff like this and taking them to an American market where the fan base in one city surpasses three of your cities combined? Like, how are you going to bridge that gap? Do you you know where I'm coming from? Yeah, and see, you're on the side of no merger, and I'm on the side of I wish it didn't have to happen, but it does. And I would look at the Green Bay. I hate that team, as we all know, but the Packers have survived. And boy, have they survived. They're the fan base, probably along with Pittsburgh, that have really survived. And you look at those aren't two of the biggest cities in the States, especially – Green Bay, Wisconsin, that they have more people at their game than they have living in. Like, I get that Wisconsin, bigger cities and people come and all that, Milwaukee and all this. But I think the reason why this is happening is years ago, for people who don't understand and don't know the history of the CFL, the CFL tried the CFL USA. The idea, if you ever read up on it, was 10 teams and 10 teams. The Rock has recently just bought the XFL. He played for the Calgary uh, Stampeders. This is the only chance, I think, for the CFL in regards of do we lose some teams or do we move forward with this? We would have a 17-team league right now with hopes of I've heard the CFL might be moving before this COVID stuff into the Maritime, so it would then be 18, and then – Going forward, maybe the XFL could get their shit together and pull two more teams together. I just think that the reasoning for it and how they're going to fight is the smaller markets will survive. I think that Saskatchewan has been on board for years with the idea of our football is just as good. It's sad when I hear in Edmonton, and it's died here a bit from when I was young, is I believed when I was young, we were even with you guys. Now everybody talks NFL, but they don't actually understand the CFL at all. They don't go to games. Edmonton is very much an Oilers hockey city, and I'm not crapping on that because the Oilers are a good team. But the CFL has fallen from grace here, and we're still a bigger market for it and stuff. But I think that's where we're at with this is – yeah, they're bigger. Their fan bases down there are bigger. Like they have more in their cities and stuff. But I think that they, the only question I have is with a merger really is how, what do we do with the rosters? So they have their rosters. We have our rosters. Are we going to do like a draft or is everybody like, how is this going to go if this moves forward? And I think the biggest reason why we need to do this is that TV deal that happened with the NFL is if the XFL can get, they're in the NFL stadiums. If the CFL can get on American televisions in April when this season starts and push the season up, we're not competing against the NFL as much. And the CFL can get its staple back in. And I believe what you said is I think that with these eight teams coming in, and for people who don't know, it's Dallas, Washington, Houston, L.A., New York, St. Louis, Seattle, and Tampa Bay. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen is almost good for the league is Saskatchewan will prosper. Calgary and hopefully Edmonton, those two, Edmonton get get some fans back in those stadiums. Winnipeg and Hamilton, those five will do really well. I think that Toronto will become either those people there will love it because, oh, they'll start watching or that team. I've thought for years, if that team can't get on board, move that team to Windsor 
do something where it's in a city where it's close to the border for people from Detroit to watch something because I'm really sick of seeing games with we only have certain amount of teams people are watching and I think the TV deal and when they didn't get that money from the government that was where kind of and whether I'm not going to even get into that whether you think they should or not is that's where we're at right now is the CFL didn't have a season well and it's it's Canada's game come on like it's Canada's game you're gonna let it go down the shitter like that but I guess my biggest argument for not wanting the merger is it all sounds good at the beginning on paper folks but Really, the big deter for me is, okay, so if you look at Canada and you look at how taxes work in Canada, every province is a little different, but they're pretty much like you're going down by like three, like, you know, 3% on taxes or whatever. If you look at in the States, you got teams like Las Vegas, Florida, huge tax exemptions. And if you look at the current state of the NFL, NHL, all that players are truly starting to look at how they can make their money go the longest by signing where now it, I think it doesn't affect the CFL right away, but years down the road, how is it going to affect those smaller markets? There's nobody that's going to tell me that a player isn't going to think about this shit down the road, because if you're telling me, I could save $5 million by going to a different team based on taxes and I came from shit, I'm going there. You know what I mean? So I I just feel like this has to be thought through a lot more. Whose rules are we going to pick? Um, is this going to be the end of the great CFL game? And I really don't think it should be. I really think the federal government should pull up their pants here. It's Canada's game. Let's go. Like, wh- like, why? This game's been over around for over 100 years, and we're going to back shelf it? No. We, our government needs to stand up. And like like you said, we got uh, privately owned teams in the CFL, and then we we have teams that are owned by the public, such as the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and stuff like that. So we, we need our league to figure this out. Um, I think that um, BC and Toronto, Montreal – all need to find better ways to fill their stadiums. Drop the price. Do what the Blue Jays did for fuck's sakes. Drop your ticket price to $15 and fill the goddamn stands because at the end of the day, you fill it full of families. And guess what? They're all going to buy a foot-long hot dog and you're going to put revenue in your pocket. Good your point. Pocket. You know what I mean? It's greed is what is coming down to this game and it needs to be changed. Everything needs to be changed about this whole format. And I think they just have a bunch of idiots running running the league right now. And that's that's my honest take on this. That is that I, I agree. And I think that's why we're at it. I think that it should happen. You don't, but I think that something's gotta move move, right? Like and to close out this podcast was all those things we touched on today, March Madness and with the players, is that gonna change it? There's just a lot of I think with the new world we live in, that's where we're going. Is will college I guess the three points you can kind of take away from today's is college basketball ever going to be the same if the top players aren't going into it? Is college football ever going to do what the fans want? Or are they going to stay to that four system that they like? Or And is the CFL, XFL expansion going to happen? Or can the CFL sustain themselves on their own? And that's kind of the question as viewers, you guys are going to have to chime in on on your own and figure out what you think if you're 
knowing like you know what's going on on these topics, what you think should happen, because I think everybody should have their voice heard. I totally agree. I totally agree with you. And I think that's where we're going to end it for today. Yes, sir. That was a good one, buddy. That was. That was a heated one. So, uh, folks, we are going to have our IG, Twitter, all that stuff coming soon. So uh, we can take your fan opinions and uh, stuff like that. Uh, the specimen and I are going to start doing uh, weekly picks. Uh, so you're over-unders. So uh, you folks at home that like to gamble uh, can try your luck with our picks. All right, folks. Well, have a blessed day. And uh, we will talk to you again.